Welcome to Recover Strong, a podcast that will transform your recovery from an eating disorder by helping you go from theory to practice to mastery. This is your special time to learn new skills, tools, and get the inspiration you need to recover strong. Let's get started. your host, Jessica Flint. I'm the founder and CEO of Recovery Warriors, a wisdom sharing platform for all people impacted by an eating disorder. Recovery Warriors provides resources and support to heal your relationship to food, body, mind, and soul. I believe recovery is not only possible, but it is worth it. That is why Recover Strong exists, to help you see and connect to the potential that lies within you to find freedom from an eating disorder. Today, I'm coming at you with a solo show. Now, I have been on a mission the past 10 years to get to a point where I could perfectly wrap up my success story. The story of the woman who lost her baby and lost who she believed was the love of her life and despite the heartbreak, was able to find the partner and have the family she always dreamed of after overcoming numerous obstacles and setbacks. And today I'm going to share with you that it didn't really work out that way. I'm single and I'm childless. And I think that is the point because I've reflected on this. Literally, it's been like 10 years. I'm like, I can't wait till I finally get to share the story. <laughs> it's like, Jessica, maybe that's the point. Like, maybe it's not about the perfectly polished success story. Like, maybe it's about showing up when you're in the middle, when you're in the mess, the stuck story. Now, this is the middle of the story. And it's when you reach a turning point and you're faced with just the ugly truth. This isn't working. (laughs) Whatever it is, we all have our stuck story, the thing that we really want to happen. We're stuck because we really want it to happen. And we're saying, you know, I really wanted this to work. I tried so hard to make this work. I lost so much of my life and my precious energy trying to make it work. And yet here I am with nothing to show for it aside from lessons. And in fact, I actually feel further away from where I want to be than when I first started. And I remember this stuck story exactly when I reached the turning point for recovery from eating disorder. And what I'm going to be sharing today and some of these lessons, and I'm actually breaking this into a multi-part series because there's just so much to share in this, is The stuck story is when you reach this dead end. It's this impasse. And you really have to reflect and redirect. And this is the part of the recovery story where I truly see so much happen. This is like the most exciting part of the recovery story because you are now faced with a decision. Do I continue down this path that isn't working or can I try something else? Now, when we're faced with the decision, what we're ultimately faced with is our ego. (laughs) Because the ego is like, I don't want to admit that all these years 
I've been doing this wrong. Maybe not a quote wrong, but like I haven't, I haven't been fully getting the lessons. Maybe I've gotten the surficial part of the lessons, but I haven't gotten the deeper lesson or I haven't had the courage to actually do the changes that I know I need to make. And so the resolution of the conflict is not in trying harder in doing more. It's not in being like, oh, I'm not doing this enough or I'm not trying hard enough or I'm just not giving it my all. It's actually in the undoing. And so this episode is a part of a series where I'm going to talk about the transformational process and really from this lens of getting unstuck really does boil down into our attachments, our fears, our habitual responses, our emotional regulation, how we connect to love within, internally, externally. And so my intention is to help you see the bigger picture. It is absolutely never too late to get unstuck. However, it takes a new approach. It is imperative if you are stuck to find a new approach because the mindset that got you stuck is not the mindset that will get you unstuck. So the mindset that got you into an eating disorder is not the mindset that will get you out of an eating disorder. And this leads me to a story. And embedded in the story are a few powerful principles that I'll be referring to throughout the series. Now, principles, they are a kind of rule or a belief or an idea that guides you. So similar to values, principles are things you can align with to make decisions. And decision-making is so important because it's in our moment of decision that our destiny is shaped. Every decision that we'd make holds power. And the more we make decisions that are in alignment of where we want to go and who we want to be, the more we'll get onto that path. The more that we make decisions that are outside of who we ultimately want to be and where we want to go to, the further we get off our path. So let's dive into the story. And while you listen, maybe you can see if you spot any principles that come up for you while you're listening. And I will share the review of them at the end. So my story is based in the sleepy beach town of Encinitas, California. Now, Encinitas is just north of San Diego. It is this beautiful, picturesque place with sandstone carved sea cliffs and pristine lagoons and some of the best surfing waves in Southern California. I spent the last 10 years surfing religiously, traveling to Peru and Costa Rica and Hawaii and Australia and New Zealand and Panama and Nicaragua to go to the best surf breaks in the whole entire world. Like, I was obsessed with surfing. I moved to Encinitas after I ended a five-year relationship. I was living in a seaside home in Mexico with my, with a sweet Spaniard ocean scientist and professor and just a great all-around human. And man, he just wasn't the right match for me for a long-term partner. And so back to living in Encinitas, doing my thing with Recovery Warriors, and there was this one particular swell that came in. And I just had this strong intuition that I needed to surf this particular swell, which is eight to 10 feet and in just these amazing conditions. I knew exactly where I'd go. My favorite spot called Suckouts. And it's a spot for experienced surfers only. It, the name Suckouts is because the bottom sucks out and it really creates like a barreling wave. It has a lot of power to it. And I was there in the parking lot just nervously waxing my board. At that point, it's been like, oh, maybe almost two years that I've been able to surf a swell of this size and, and this big. 
I geek out. Like for those of you who don't know, I went to grad school for marine geophysics and I'm like a super scientist at heart. I'm also a very spiritual woman. So I like to call myself a spiritual scientist. So when I kind of did like a, a little calculation here, so when the wave crashes at maximum impact, these waves on this day were crashing at nearly 15 metric tons of energy. So that's 30,000 pounds. Um, and then I went further and I looked up what that's an equivalent to. <laughs> this is awesome. Okay. It's an equivalent to two to three Tyrannosaurus Rexi? Rexes? I, <laughs> I don't <laughs> I'm, yeah. I don't know the plural of rex. So it's also the equivalent weight of four hippopotamus, uh, 50 grizzly bears. It's like, so you're surfing these waves and a wave crashes. And if it hits you on maximum impact, it's like having 50 grizzly bears just fall on you or three elephants. And finally, this one cracked me up. It's like having the weight of 3,000 cats <laughs> fall on you. <laughs> Can you imagine having 3,000 cats fall on you? <laughs> I don't know why that cracked me up so much. It still is. It just sounds like an awful experience for like everybody, like whoever, for the person underneath all the cats, for all the cats. But anyways, so... Okay, but anyways, so that I'm done. That's all we got. <laughs> so we got our whole zoo out there in the water. You can kind of get a sense that this is a lot of energy moving out there, a lot of weight, a lot of pressure. And so these type of conditions are really strenuous and they require strong muscles and just the ability to paddle your ass off because you definitely do not want to be in the impact zone when four hippos or three elephants or 50 grizzly bears just crash on your head. So I slowly walked into the water with my surfboard and I was going to the normal spot that I always walk out and where everybody else was, what we say as surfers, paddling out. And there's this strong, long and lean guy that was right next to me. And we were getting changed into our wetsuit in the parking lot at the same time. We were kind of getting in the water together. We were neck and neck and we both just popped onto our boards and started paddling out. And in this particular location, this beach break called Suckouts, it, it's a beach break, meaning that you have to paddle through what's called the swash zone in order to get out to where it's calm and you wait to catch the waves. Now a swash zone is just this really highly energetic zone with, with lots of water churning. It's not where you get the full impact of the 30,000 pounds, but it's where the 30,000 pound waves then dissipate and all kind of come together. And it's just, it's a really energetic zone. It's not very stable. There's just a lot of moving water. And if you can break free of this zone that kind of keeps you there sometimes in these little like eddies and you kind of get stuck and or pushes you back because more energy gets thrown your way, you have to get past this part in order to get out to what's called the lineup. And the lineup is where you see little surfers in their black wetsuits bopping around looking like seals just waiting to catch a wave. This is a place when you're in the lineup, you're kind of just waiting your turn. You're patient. You're waiting for a wave. You're relaxed. Sometimes you see dolphins. It's a much more pleasant and calm place than being in the swash zone. Mr. Strong, long and lean, we'll, we'll call him Mr. Strong Arms, he was just able to paddle right out. <laughs> like he just timed it well and was just boop, 
out there sitting in the lineup. He had good timing. He had this extra oomph with his strong arms. And I didn't have that. (laughs) And I got caught inside this swash zone after a huge five set, a huge set. I'm going to teach you guys some surfing terminology here. When the wind blows across the ocean, right? That's how we create waves. And the longer the distance and the stronger the winds, the bigger the waves that we get. And so over time, the waves start to organize themselves into packets of waves. And these are what are called sets. They don't come all at once. They come in this orderly one wave, two wave, three wave, four wave, five wave. So there's a predictability to them. And so here I am, (laughs) predictably getting my ass kicked inside of this swash zone. And I'm paddling and I'm paddling. And meanwhile, Mr. Strongarms catches a beautiful 10-foot wave and he rides it like all the way near me and just gave me this smile like, oh, you poor unfortunate soul, (laughs) just getting your ass kicked in the swash zone. And he was able to paddle right back out again. And I'm like, oh my God, he just did it twice. Like, I, like, oh my God, he did it again. Like, we're, we're like same position and he's able to get back out. And I'm here like, oh my God, I can't get out. And this was already 25 minutes of strenuous, nonstop paddling in super intense conditions. So another set comes, five waves, just wipes me out almost all the way back to the sand. It was like insult to injury, like, all the ground that I just covered for the past 25 minutes. No, let's just slam you all the way back to where you started. And I was exhausted. I was absolutely wiped out. But just, I wanted to get out so bad. Like there was just this like, no, I have to get out. Like I've never not gotten out. Like in my 10 years of surfing, like I just, it just didn't even occur to me. Like I have to get out there. Like, I don't quit. I'm not a quitter. I don't give up. Like, that's not who I am. And I just kept getting my ass handed to me. It was over an hour of paddling, 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 and just getting nowhere. I felt so defeated. I tried so hard and I just couldn't get out. And in this moment, I did something that has never occurred to me before. Something that just never even occurs to me as an option. Like, And that is to surrender. I can't because I can get so stubborn and just fixated on what I want. Even if it's not working, and even if I keep getting knocked down, I can be so stubborn that no, must keep trying. (laughs) Do more, try harder. And I'm like, wait, Jessica, I don't think you're gonna get out. (laughs) Like I think you have to like go in inside. Like, I guess at that moment felt like give up. Uh, and I, and after 10 years of surfing and never, ever considering this as an option, I, uh, turned the nose of my board around and faced the beach and I just let the next wave come in and, and carry me to shore. And it's hard to describe in words how I felt when I sat there on the sand. I was pissed off that Mr. Strongarms caught like three solid amazing waves while I was sitting there with calf cramps <laughs> and I I felt like I was past my prime. I was no longer the woman I thought I was. Like it was an I, the person I've always identified with who could surf these type of waves. I I thought I was a woman who could surf big waves and I I was humiliated. Um I was ashamed. 
I my ego was bruised. And on top of that, my soul felt so unfulfilled because I wanted to feel that connection again, just the connection with the wave. I wanted to catch a wave. I wanted it so bad. And I was scared though. I was scared to go all the way out there because if I went all the way out there, then I would have to catch a wave. So it's what I wanted, but it's also what I feared. I, I had that ambivalence within me. And even though I was fighting and fighting and fighting and paddling and paddling and paddling and this is what I want, I also did carry this ambivalence. Like, well, I, I'm afraid. But I decided to chill on the beach. I wasn't quite ready to unzip my wetsuit and walk to my car with my tail tucked between my legs. And I, I just sat in a state of surrender. You know, I actually just really didn't need a break. And I was tired and exhausted. And I collected my energy. And... There was this shift that kind of happened and I started to observe the water in a way that I've never done before. Like it, it all of a sudden, like I became so in tune. It was like 10 years of wisdom of surfing all different waves all around the world and all different locations and uh, directions and wind types and swell types just all just kind of came together and just... I was able to just completely tap into the movement of the water. And I just started to have this bigger picture, holistic view of, of this, of the greater system in this energy circulating so powerfully in this connected way. And from this observational point, right from this point of just stepping back and observing the greater system, I was able to see another way. I was able to see where no one ever really paddles out to get to suckouts because a big swell like this doesn't happen very often. And it was up north, just like about a five minute walk up north. I saw that the waves were converging and creating a negative interference effect, which ends up actually canceling out the energy. So in this kind of zone, it was kind of this like dead zone that wasn't really getting the impact of everywhere else along the coastline. So I decided, okay, I'm going to give this one more chance, this time with wisdom and observation as my guide. So not sheer will and determination and stubbornness as my guide, but wisdom and observation and strategy as my guide. So I get in the water there and I paddle, 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 and I was able to effortlessly get out, pass through the swash zone and get into the coveted lineup. Except since I walked up north, all the other 10 surfers who are in what we call the lineup is kind of where you like sit there and there's actually like this organization inside the lineup and you kind of have to position yourself. It becomes this whole like competitive thing actually like when you're in the lineup and the lineup where all the surfers were was south of me. Like they were a big, they were kind of a far paddle away. So here I am just like lone wolf. <laughs> out in this big old ocean with this just like fat grin on my face like oh my god I did it I got out I'm out here I was just soaking up the experience and then what happened next is truly a miracle the most magnificent set of waves started to come in they were coming right for me right for me the lone wolf and I was like holy shit like I'm not ready you know, I just had the most intense paddle out experience of my life. My confidence was pretty low because I just got my ass kicked. And here I am with these 10 foot waves 
coming right at me. And I'm both scared and excited. Fear is like, what happens if I fall? And love is like, what happens if I catch it? I'm just saying like, oh my God. And the first wave comes and it's just this like heaving mass of hippos. I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, this is this is a real deal. And so I was paddling and you kind of paddle around. You're trying to position yourself. This is a really important part of surfing is you, you want to find the sweet spot. The sweet spot is this like perfect position on the wave where you're able to get your speed to match the wave speed and then you catch it and you just have like maximum velocity and drive. And so, <laughs> but you didn't think you're going to learn so much about surfing today, huh? <laughs> so here I am figuring out how to be positioned well, right? So I can match the time and it's all about timing and speed. If you paddle too early and too fast, you're going to get ahead of the wave and it's going to clobber you. If you paddle too late and too slow, you are not going to catch the wave. So it's all about finding this sweet spot. So here I am, solo surfer girl out there, first wave, didn't catch the first wave, didn't catch the second wave because I'm trying to position myself and I'm kind of like, this is cool. I, I don't have any competition. So here I am, like third wave's coming and I'm seeing this whole pack of guys like coming closer and closer. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I got to get this. My heart is like, just like pounding out of my chest and I'm like, oh my gosh, Jessica, like don't F this up. Like at the same time, I'm like, I don't know if I actually want to catch this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared. At the same time, I'm like, go for it, girl. And so on the third wave, I just put everything I got into my paddle. I, I like let out this like huge scream, like like Serena Williams, where she just like destroys the tennis ball in a game winning shot. And I just make my way down the face of this 10 foot wave. This is hands down like the best wave I've ever surfed. And all my life and all my trips all around the world to like hunt down the best waves. And here is Mr. Strong Arms just to the right of me and his jaw and I can see him, his jaw just like drops and he's like, because this girl who we thought was just like never gonna make it out ends up being this like badass bitch riding this massive wave with just so much grace and so just this glee on my face because I'm like, oh my God, like it's happening, I'm doing it. And after that moment, it was like something switched. I went from being kind of being like low confidence and, and battered and then turning into just this unstoppable force for the remainder of the session, just wave after wave. I was like a magnet for waves. They just came to me. It was like I had this Midas touch. And so this story and this experience that came out of it was truly like one of my life defining moments. This has been a peak experience of, of my life. It's one of my greatest memories I hold. And and it's taught me so much. It's been one of my greatest teachers, and not in just understanding the power of perseverance, but how to get unstuck. And from this, I've gleaned three principles, three things that I'm like, girl, when you stick to these, things work out right? These are guides. Like when you make decisions based on these principles that this story really taught me experientially, I had to go through the whole experience to actually like feel it all, right? To feel the effort, the, the exertion, the trying, the not being able to make it, the getting on the beach, the tail between my legs, the wait, but maybe I wasn't looking at it clearly enough. And then well, let's try again. Okay, let's try a whole new approach wow, things shift all of a sudden. Wow, wow, how things can shift when you take a different approach because you let go of how you think it was supposed to be and how you were supposed to do it. So I want to distill these three principles down for you. The first principle that I got from this experience was surrender when you are exhausted and not getting the results you want. 
Now, often it's in this point when you're not getting the results you want that you feel like, no, I got to keep going. I got to keep trying. No, I got to try harder. I got to spin these wheels faster. And it's, it's actually, it's like the opposite. Like you need to surrender. And if what you were repetitively doing is leading you to feel exhausted, whether this is physical exhaustion, emotional exhaustion, mental exhaustion, or even spiritual exhaustion, stop and take rest. Restore, rejuvenate, reevaluate your situation with greater discernment. And this brings me to my second principle. No doesn't mean never. It means not like this or not now or not in this way. So if there's something that you truly hold deep in your heart that you want, you, you feel it, you, you know that this is something that would bring you joy, happiness, and deep in your heart. And I'm not talking about something that society wishes upon you or you feel like you must do in order to fit in societally because this can really lead us off our path, but something that's truly yours deep in your heart. It could be recovering from your eating disorder. Maybe this is something you're like, I don't want to live with this for the rest of my life. I want to be able to break free. So when you have this thing that you want deep in your heart and it's just, but you're still not seeing the results that you want. It's about loosening your grip and loosening your grip on how you think it's supposed to look, how you want it, right? how you willfully want it to look and be open to a new approach. And this is really about acceptance because when you surrender, you ultimately just accept. It comes this like humility where you're like, I actually don't know how this is going to work. I mean, I want it and I feel like it's not happening and I'm not really sure how it is going to happen, but I'm accepting that what I'm doing right now, that what I'm doing, this this impasse that I've reached, isn't working. And I, I accept that. I remember that was a huge turning point in, in my recovery when I'm like, I accept that how I've been obsessively trying to control my weight and my body and my food has just led me deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into an eating disorder. I had to accept that. I had to grieve that. I had to to see the ugly truth that I've just been doing this over and over and it's getting further and further away, right? I've been paddling and paddling and paddling, getting further and further away from where I wanted to be, unhappier and unhappier. And I, <laughs> that was the point. I, I had to I had to get up. I had to turn around and get on the beach. I had to get on the beach because I was like, this isn't working. This is not working. <laughs> I've been doing this for decades now. You know, even though this was a behavior that kept me afloat for so many years and, and was a safety mechanism for me, was was something that gave me safety and, and security. Now now I feel like it's drowning me. And once again, it, like this word humility comes up in it because it's so humbling when you're like, I, I really like... I've tried. I've like tried so hard. Like I've focused so much energy. I've read these books. I've listened to these podcasts. I've gone to therapy. I've gone to like a dietitian. I've just journaled. I've done all the things like, and I'm feeling still helpless and powerless. And like all this 
energy is just getting wasted and I'm not getting anywhere. I want to know exactly how it's going to look like if I was to let go, but I don't. I don't know what's going to happen if I let go. So when we let go of our ego's fears or our ego's fixations on how it's supposed to look or how it doesn't want it to look, all of the things where it can prevent us from truly moving forward is when we can let go of that, we can get a bigger picture of the situation. And in the story there, for me, this principle, this no doesn't mean never, it just means not like this or not now or in this way. Once I was able to let go and from there get a bigger picture of the situation, then I was able to receive the better approach. And in doing so, I wasted less energy with minimal effort and I got the result I was seeking. And an important key here that can be easily missed is the emotional experience. Because in this story, you, you can see how it's much more physical, right? Because this is a physical activity. It's surfing. So I think clearly you can connect the dots. Okay, strenuous paddling, physical exhaustion. But the emotional experience was really important for this. Because I had to stop resisting the emotional experience. And whenever we're doing something repetitively and trying to get somewhere and we're just not getting there and we're we're kind of met with the same disappointing reality is that our ego wants to try harder. It, It really wants to fix it. It wants to not feel like a failure. So it wants to be like, okay, let me control this. When I took that time out, I needed to take that time out and go to the sand and I needed to feel all that frustration. I needed to feel the humiliation, the shame. I just needed to sit with those emotions and feel them and accept them and feel that grief, the grief of an unmet desire, a grief of trying so hard and not being able to make it happen. Because trying to white knuckle my way and prove that I can do this was only taking me further back. Now this experience here is just a surf session. But this experience as a whole can be translatable to decade or more of your life with the same patterning. And when you're talking about years of trying and years of not making it, that holds a lot of weight. (laughs) That's heavy. That hurts. There's grief in there. And one of the last stages of the grief cycle is acceptance. And acknowledging that pain and true humility. And it's here, it's in this space that you can open up for a new approach. Because if you think about your hands being clasped, white knuckling, trying to make it work, they're not open, right? They're clasped. They're not open. When your fists, you kind of think about your hands and your fists clasped, holding on, trying to make it happen. That your fists are closed. They're not open. You can't receive a new approach. I gotta let go of what I thought was the way and be open to a new way. So just because I'm getting a no doesn't mean it's never going to happen. It just means it's not going to happen like this or not now or not in this way. The third and final principle is lean in to the discomfort. And the discomfort can come from so many different ways. In this particular experience, I actually got a lot of discomfort from Mr. Strong Arms, <laughs> because of the comparison that I was running in my mind around him being able to do this and me not being able to do it. He did not have to work as hard as me to get the opportunity to catch a wave. And it took me way longer than him. I got my ass kicked way more than him, but I eventually got out there. And there was a discomfort that I had to feel 
to sit in, to see somebody repetitively get what I wanted and me not get it. It's a discomfort to want something and have it come so easy to another. And this discomfort can be channeled in so many directions. It can be channeled to envy and jealousy, but it also can be channeled into fuel for your growth, being like, if he can do it, I can do it. If she can do it, I can do it. If they can do it, I can do it. And as I mentioned before, there was leaning into the discomfort of the emotional experience. I'm leaning into any fears. Because once I actually did break through and I did get out there, that's when I was met with the true fear. <laughs> the whole time that I was getting my ass kicked in the swash zone, I wasn't truly coming face to face with the bigger waves. I was, I was just getting pummeled by the dumbed down version of them. Yes, still a lot of energy, but it wasn't the backbreaker. It wasn't the blow that would really impact me. Once you get out there and you're facing your fears, there is greater vulnerability. Staying in the inside, you get to dampen that. But at the same time, you don't get to experience the real deal. You don't get to experience the ride of your life. So to truly come face to face with your fear, that takes courage. That takes vulnerability. And finally, just the discomfort of being in the middle of the story and not knowing how it's going to end. That also takes courage. And so in this series, my intention is to create a judgment-free zone. To, to truly learn from all of these setbacks, all of these experiences where you expended energy. I love the quote by Thomas Edison where he says, quote, I have not failed 10,000 times. I've successfully found 10,000 ways that will not work, end quote. And so this series is a judgment-free zone to learn from our Edisonian moments, as I'll call them, Edisonian, our Edisonian, <laughs> is that a word? Edison, our Edison-like moments, <laughs> you know, times in your life, whether in the past or whether they're happening right now that you had to learn through experience, probably lots of experiences. And in this pursuit, met with resultless redundancy and repetition and has left you feeling frustrated, humiliated, hopeless, powerless, and just exhausted, just exhausted. We are just going to make space for all of these emotions and know that when we meet them and when we greet them, they start to dissipate, right? When we don't, when we resist them, that's when they become the big waves that are going to crash on you. We will be going through a four-part transformational process to get unstuck. And I'll be sharing my personal Edison-like experiences of spending the past 10 years searching for love in all the wrong places and letting fear totally call the shots. And... I'm now at a stage where I'm on the beach. <laughs> I am on the beach, still in my wetsuit, and I've made extensive observations, and I see how to get out to where I want with greater ease. It's there. I see it. It's clear. <laughs> it's taken me 10 years, but I see it now. <laughs> and I would love to help you do the same. And no judgment if you are getting your ass kicked by waves right now. I totally know how it feels and I just encourage you to take a break and come to the sand with me and all of us warriors and find an approach that will work for you find that place of ease where you can get out and if you're stubborn like me maybe you aren't quite ready to get on the sand and you just want to keep paddling and keep paddling and that's okay 
All of this is timing. And when you're ready, you're ready. Well, my warrior friend, thank you for having the discipline to listen in. If you found this episode helpful and know somebody in recovery who could benefit from its inspiring message, please share this show with them. It would mean the world to us at Recovery Warriors if we can get our cause out to more people struggling with an eating disorder. So if what you heard today was helpful, share the show with another warrior or anyone on your treatment team. You can do this directly from your podcast player or send them over to recoverywarriors.com. We have a goldmine of free resources there for all stages of recovery. And until the next episode, may compassion light the path you are on and courage keep you on it. You totally got this, warrior.